Let's open up right, in a word of prayer as we start lesson three, family fragmentation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, once again, we ask for your help. God, we ask for your strength. Lord, your wisdom, Lord, as we deal with family fragmentation. Lord, I know a lot of times things are lies, Lord, for the most part, Lord, is trying to strive to serve you. Lord, they're not bad things, not terrible things, but sometimes, Lord, we let the good things get in place of the best things. So, Lord, help us as we study family fragmentation. Give us wisdom. Lord, give us clarity. We love you and thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. We're talking about family fragmentation. If you've ever played the game Red Rover, you know that if you were the big kid in school, it was a fun game to play. But if you were the small kid, it probably wasn't your most fun activity. But you know in the game Red Rover how two people will stand together and hold arms while another person runs as hard as they can or as fast as they can and do whatever they can do to separate those two, uh, two young people. When we look at family fragmentation, Malachi verse number four, I'm mean, chapter four, verse number four through six says, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite thee with the curse. When we look at, when we look at our families, Nowadays, the devil is trying his best to separate our families. He's trying to pull us apart. And he does so by not necessarily all the time evil things. Sometimes we look at the things in our lives and we see things that are diametrically opposed to the family. And we know those things will hurt my family. But sometimes there's a lot of good things in our life that fragment our family. Just busyness. I know last week was a busy week for me. I had something going on every single night of the week. And when I look back, other than Tuesday, we took some time as a family to go drive and uh, look at the colors of the leaves changing and take a ride and uh, go out to eat as a family. But other than that, every seemed like every night that week I didn't get home till like 9 or 10 o'clock at night from doing things that were all good things that need to be done, but they cause for fragmentation of our families. And if we're not careful, if we're not deliberate in what we do as a family, sometimes what can happen is, we will go through our whole day, go through our whole lives as using the same, living in the same house, as Carrie Schmidt said, eating out of the same refrigerator, but we have not spent any time together. He says this, uh, Carrie Schmidt says this in his book, the portrait of many Christian families goes something like this. Dad often works 12 hours a day plus drive time. Mom often works too in order to help provide a certain standard of living. Kids go to school, come home to an empty house and take care of themselves until the evening hours. Everybody does their own thing for dinner, and by that time, Dad and Mom are so exhausted, all they want to do is collapse in front of the TV for a couple of hours. The kids usually end up hanging. Excuse me. The kids usually end up hanging out in their rooms, door closed, headphones on, and video game in hand until bedtime. Somewhere between the bathroom and the refrigerator, kids and parents cross paths, exchanging a quick good night. The sum total of today's exchange: less than ten seconds. Then we wonder why things go wrong, and our kids mess up their lives. We thought church and Christian school were taking care of those things. So as we look at family fragmentation, it's easy for us, if we're not careful, to be separated, to be fragmented, even though we live in the same house, even though we are all tr- believe we're trying to go to the same goal. So let's look at it. Number one, the current of our culture. The current of our culture. Letter A. Life's current, typically, a cri- life's current critically changes for both the parent and the teen as the teen years approach. The current of our culture. Life's current critically changes for both the parent and the teen as the teen years approach. 
not only as we look through life, I know right now we have a three-year-old and a two-month-old. It's really easy right now sometimes for, I know like right now, if my daughter wants something, we can take a picture of her with, if we're at the store and she wants, uh, and she liked an Angry Birds t-shirt. And so my wife pulled it off the shelf, let her hold it and took a picture. And we put that picture on her iPod and she is happy with that. I mean, that's, that makes her day that she hates. She doesn't have the shirt, but she has the next best thing in the picture of it. I know that's not going to last long for us, but as we look at our families, as we grow, our t- kids grow to maturity in their teenage years, it's, it's a, busy time. There's a lot of change going on in the parents and teenagers, usually with the teenagers. School schedules increase. Sports, practices, music lessons, teen activities, church events, ministry, extracurricular activities at school, time with friends, homework, and endless other things always fill the schedule. But then also, not only is it a busy time for teenagers as they're growing up, their homework is no longer 2 plus 2 equals 4. It's actually things that they have to sit down and take time to get done. The parents also are going through things. Financial burdens increase because of whether it's the kids' opportunities to be involved in so many different things or it's time to get a new house because of a growing family or new car because we need this or all these things. Financial burdens increase for the parent as the teenagers get older, as our children get older. And so not only is it a critical time for our teenagers because they're trying to mature into adulthood, adulthood, but it's also a busy time for the family. Usually this time parents have career demands. Dad's getting a new job. Dad's, dad's trying to work up in his job so that he can make more money to make up for all these financial burdens. Maybe mom has to go to work. All these things start to build up as we look towards college and just look at our families as a whole. And so if we're not careful, parents, it's a transition time for you also. Time as husband and wife becomes difficult to find. Sometimes it's hard because of the busy work schedules, trying to take care of the children, and trying, just like I said, do a lot of good things that we lose time with our family, even as parents. And then sadly, even just the culture of our keeping up with the Joneses, our materialistic society, sometimes makes us, especially as parents, desire to give the best things to our children or for us to have those things. And so once again, those things pull in all our time, those things pull from not the they're not terrible things but they pull from the best thing and that is our family being stabilized together and the devil wants to pull us apart and seeing that the parent in the teenage years are already critical there's already changes going on if we're not deliberate if we're not careful we can just go through this and not understand that life's current is critically changing. There's a whole lot of things happening right now in my family, and I have to be deliberate about making sure the devil doesn't get an edge work in. Let her be. The fast-paced current of life has the ability to sweep families downstream to destruction. The fast-paced current of life has the ability to sweep families downstream to destruction. If we are not careful, just like I said before, if we are not deliberate in understanding that the devil wants to get a hold in our families, if we're not deliberate about those things, we can get swept downstream to destruction. See, we can come in and, just like I said, share the same house, do all the same things, but if we are not deliberate as families and understand that, hey, right now in my life, there are a whole lot of things going on. If it's ministry, there's a whole lot of things going on in ministry. If it's a secular job, 
things going on at school, all the things that go on. I have to go ahead and be deliberate to know that this fast-paced current of life that we live in here as Americans, here in our culture, if we're not careful, has the ability to sweep families downstream. It has the ability just to carry us down to destruction. So let's go on. Number two, the commitment to survive, the commitment to survive our culture. You have to excuse me. I have a cold, so it seems like right now it's sometimes hard to talk. But if you'll bear with me, the commitment to survive our culture. Letter A: Parents must determine to hold out a firm hand of stability. Parents must determine to hold out a firm hand of stability. A, this is what um. Letter A, this is what Kerry Schmidt said in his book. The families that survive the phenomena, which we're talking about of family fragmentation, are the ones that look deep into each other's eyes and choose to enter this frenzy holding tightly to each other no matter what tries to pull them apart. When we were in um, New York on the mission trip, the first time I, I got the opportunity to go, we went to the fireworks there in New York. And the fireworks there in New York, I mean, there's people everywhere. I mean, you, I mean, it's just crowded. And it's not just like crowded shoulder to shoulder. It's crowded like people are. It's almost like when Jesus was going with Jairus' daughter and the disciples stopped him and said, Jesus, why are you asking who touched you? Because there's so many people around. There's so many, so many people just mobbed in one area. And I remember as we went through with the teenagers trying to get it, pretty much it was, hey, grab onto my shirt tail, grab onto my jacket. I mean, I'm sorry, I had a backpack on. Grab onto my backpack. And hold on, just do not let go. And if we're not careful for us as families, if, just like I said, if we're not deliberate and looking at going upstream, we will get swept downstream. We're going to have to look into each other's eyes as a family and say, you know what, we are going to do this together. And it starts with letter A, parents must determine to hold out a firm hand of stability. I remember when I was at the Wilds a couple of years ago, I was sitting down waiting for a service, and beside me was a counselor another, and a young man. He was a, probably an older teenager. And I remember hearing, the only reason it caught my, um, caught my attention was that I was sitting there, I, I just heard the, the young man crying. And so, not trying to listen in on the conversation, but I heard the counselor say, as they were talking about um, some things that this young man was struggling with, the young man kept, the young man kept crying, saying, "I can't, I can't, I can't." And the, the counselor was saying, "Hey, why don't you get your parents involved in this?" It was some, I believe, to my knowledge, how I understood it was he was talking about things he looked down on the internet, and he said the counselor was saying, "Hey, why don't you just get with your parents and figure out if they can put a block or a filter, or if they can be just you can be accountable to them." And the young man was saying, no, I can't because if I tell my parents what I struggle with, if I tell my parents what's going on in my life, they, can't, they won't be able to handle it. And he went on to tell all the bad things that would happen, and he's just sitting there crying. Now, I only heard one part of the side of the story. But I do know this, that if we as parents are not holding out a firm hand of stability for our young people, we will lose them in this current culture. See, I'm sure whether, I'm sure hopefully these parents would have loved to help their young man. But you know, they've lost because their children, or him specifically, 
he didn't know that all these things going on in my life, all these things I'm struggling with right now, I can't go to my parents about those things. Parents, we must determine to hold out a firm hand of stability. Dad, I know we have to work quite a bit. We have a lot going on. Mom may have to work. We have activities here and activities there. But in the, all the things that pull us in life, our young people have to know, they have to know that there is a hand they can grab onto. Just like when we were going, like I'm, the illustration about going through New York. All these people around, it's so easy to lose a young person. But they have to know, hey, grab onto my backpack, grab onto me, and we're going to go through this and we're going to make it just hold on. Same thing that happens in a, our families. Yeah, yeah, this is a transition time. Life is busy. Things are going. We're trying to get somewhere in our lives. Parents, we can't forget that we've got to hold out a hand. If your kid's struggling in school, I understand life is busy. But it's more important sometimes that we stick out that hand to help our young person than it is that maybe we get the time we want to relax and sit down and watch television. It may be more important right now for me to stick out my hand and try to help my young person, even though there are activities I, as a parent, decide I would really like to do. So, hey, parents must determine to hold out a firm hand of stability. Letter B, young people must determine to grasp their parents' hand against the pressures of mainstream society. Teenager, it is your responsibility also in your family to grasp onto that hand of your parents. I know that sometimes right now it does not seem all the time that your parents have the best interests at heart for you. Sometimes you believe that your parents are just making up, making up things almost to make your life harder, not to let you do things, not to let you have certain things. But teenager, right now, you must determine that, hey, my parents love me. That, therefore, when they stick a hand out to help me, I'm going to be ready to grasp it. Teenager, when was the last time that you made an effort to sit down and talk to your parents? Well, they're so busy. When they're so busy, when was the last time? As mom may be cooking dinner or something, and you walked in and you just sat down and asked her how her day was, and you told her about your day. It was the last time you went out and with your dad. Dad's out maybe doing yard work or doing something. And instead of sitting in your room saying, oh, they're busy, going and saying, hey, dad, can we talk while you do this? Can I tell you about what's going on right now? Young people, we must determine to grasp a parent's hand. Society wants to tell you, whether it's through music, whether it's through television and pop culture, that your parents, they're unnecessary. Really, all their job is to do is to feed you, to clothe you, and to get you ready to your 18 so you can move out. Your parents are more than just a piggy bank. They are the people that God has put in your life to love you, and to help you through society, help you as you come to be come to adulthood. So determine, make make a commitment that hey, I'm going to grasp my parents' hand 
even though it's against society, even though I may not always want to do what they want me to do, I need to love them because they love me, and I must determine that I'm going to grasp their hand. I remember as a teenager, my dad is probably considered a workaholic. He has two speeds. He has zero and 120. My dad's in there going 120 miles an hour doing everything. I remember when we were growing up, we used to go cut grass, um, cut lawns after we got out of school, and my dad would work with us. And as soon as we got out of school and we got home, it was like walking the house, change. Dad was loading up the trailers, getting the um, weed eaters and the lawnmowers on the trailer, and we were headed out. I remember we would work until pretty much close to nighttime or get as much as done we could, and then Dad would come in. We'd all come in, take showers, get ready, eat some dinner, and then Dad would probably go to bed shortly after because he had to get up early in the morning for work. And I remember going to camp or at some point, I just remember a message to where someone challenged us to make sure that we were the ones as teenagers to make sure we spent time with our parents and we didn't just let our teen years and our parents go by the way just because they're busy. And I remember just going with my dad. My dad would say, hey, I'm going to the store. Hey, dad, can I go with you? And just sit down. Sometimes we didn't even talk. Sometimes we didn't say anything. But I wanted to make sure that I determined that even though things are going by, even though we're busy, even though I understand we have to cut these lawns, I understand that we have all these things, but I still need time with my dad. And it is my responsibility, just as much as it was his responsibility, to help us survive as a family in the culture. So, team, you can't expect for your family to stay together if you're expecting your parents to kind of hold your coattail as you go out and do everything you want or try and hold your hand, but you're not grasping onto theirs. This is a family commitment. Just like I said earlier, the families that survive the phenomena are the ones that look deep into each other's eyes and choose to enter this frenzy holding tightly to each other no matter what tries to pull them apart. Teenager, to be perfectly honest, sometimes you are the weak link. The devil can get you quicker, a lot quicker than he can maybe your parents. And he'll use that. So you've got to determine to grasp your parents' hands. Number three, the family fragmentation caused by culture. Letter A, during the last days, the heart of the family will turn away from each other. Once again, Malachi 4, 4 through 6. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great, day, great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite thee with a curse. Letter A, during the last days, the hearts of the family will turn away from each other. Just like I said earlier, we're going to have to learn, and in our families, we're going to have to just make the commitment that we are not going to trade good things for the best things. We're going to have to make tough tough, we're going to have to make tough decisions about good things so we can have the best things. It is a trend in our society, and the Bible says that this is going to happen, that during the last days, the hearts of family will turn away from each other. And just like I said earlier, it's not all necessarily evil things. It's not parents trying to be neglectful. It's not necessarily teenagers always trying to be rebellious, even though these things do happen. It's really sometimes we just aren't deliberate and making sure that our family 
is holding on tight to each other. So, all right, during the last days, the hearts of the family will turn away from each other and let her be. We have biblical evidence of fragmented families in our culture. We have biblical evidence of fragmented families in our culture. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 2. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. We have biblical evidence of fragmented families in our culture. The spirit of disobedience and unthankfulness is evidenced by our fragmented families. And this is what's going to happen in the last days. This is why we have to be deliberate. Mom and Dad, this is why discipline is of the must. Teenager, this is why thankfulness for your parents and their love and their provision for you is going to have to hold you together. Because God even said, the last days, things are going to happen. Things are not getting better. So that means I and my family, even more than ever, have to bond together, bind together, to make through the devil's attacks. And then let her see. The result of family fragmentation is desolation. The result of family fragmentation is desolation. You know, when I first read this word, the result of family fragmentation is desolation. Honestly, I looked at it and I thought, why in the world did Carrie Schmidt use desolation? I'll give the definition that I looked up. I looked up desolation. It says desolation, a state of complete emptiness or destruction. And I thought, the result of family fragmentation, I could see if he said, is destruction. But I think desolation is, once I started to look at it, I was like, desolation is the perfect word because it means a state of complete emptiness or destruction. See, the result of family fragmentation is this. Your family may never end in a divorce Children going off and doing crazy things that break their parents' heart. See, the result of family fragmentation can be destruction. Families can fall apart. But it also can just be complete emptiness. To where we all live in the same house. We all go to the same places. We ride in the car together. We eat out of the same refrigerator. We sit down at the dinner table. But there's nothing there. And see, either one of them, the devil has won. If your family falls into destruction and the, the devil can tear a husband and wife apart or tear the relationship of a ch- child and the parents apart, he has won the battle. But he's also won the battle if he can make our families empty. We're so busy that we have no time to do anything with each other, even though we're in the same vicinity. We have no time. The parent, the husband, has no time for his wife, even though they live in the same house. And he's empty, she's empty. The children have no relationship with their parents, even though the parents are working so hard to provide for them, but the children have no spiritual desires, There's no spiritual drive. We're not accomplishing anything for God. But Pastor Burton, we're not doing any bad things. Our our family is in good condition. But see, the, the, the 
result of family fragmentation is desolation. Matthew 12, 25, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. To avoid family fragmentation, avoid that desolation, we have to understand is our families need quality and quantity time together. Sometimes we think, well, if we can just as a family spend a little bit of quality time, just five minutes of quality time. See, we need quality and quantity. Parenting cannot be done on autopilot. It must be done deliberately. So parents, as we look at family fragmentation, we can't, we can't, Expect our families to go on autopilot to strive. We are too busy. We have too much going on to actually take the time to actually spend quality time, quality and quantity time with our families. See, parenting doesn't happen on accident. It's something I'm trying to learn, something I'm trying to grasp. We have to be deliberate. And just like I said, we have a lot of things pulling on us. We've got work responsibilities. We have just regular family issues. You throw in health concerns. You throw in uh, extracurricular activities. You throw in all kinds of things. It makes for a busy family life. But see, we've got to make sure that it's done deliberately. A young person, in our culture... All the things that want to pull you away. When you go up to your room and put your headphones on or you go to try and get away from your family, the devil's working. And he wants to fragment your family. He wants to take you apart. And if you're not deliberate about it, if you're not saying, you know what, I understand the devil is trying to take out my family and I'm going to hold on with everything I have to try and make sure I stay intact with my parents. I'm in touch with my parents. Our family is going to strive. If the parents and teenagers will both do that, then that's how we're going to avoid family fragmentation. The key is we're going to have to be deliberate. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yes, we have a lot of things on our plate. But we as a family are going to hold together, hold tight, look into each other's eyes and say, you know what, no matter what tries to pull us apart, we're going to stand together. So that's family fragmentation and hook, line, and sinker. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, God, help us. Help our families. God, I ask that you would please bind us together stronger than ever. God, I know the devil desires to just destroy us. Lord, pull us apart. But Lord, if we're not, I mean, if we're not deliberate, if we're not careful, God, if without your help, Lord, he'll do it to each and every family. So God, help us, Lord, not to give up the good things, I mean, not the best things for the good things. In life, Lord, try to get all the things we can when, Lord, we need our families because those are the most important things that you've given us. We love you. We need your help. Thank you for all that you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen.